Hey there, friends of Holy Shenanigans Podcast. I'm thrilled to share that I'll be recording live from the Wild Goose Festival this July 11 through 14. Wild Goose Festival is a transformational community grounded in faith-inspired social justice. It's a one-of-a-kind gathering that brings together activists, artists, and seekers from all walks of life to explore justice and art, spirituality, and community. The festival will take place at Van Hoy Farms in Union Grove, North Carolina, and I'd love for you to join me there. From engaging workshops to inspired panels and interactive experiences, Wild Goose has something for everyone. So mark your calendars and let's be part of this incredible community that is committed to making a positive impact in the world. For more information, visit www. WildGooseFestival.org. As one of my followers, use a discount code A-TLE24. That's A-TLE24. And you'll get $50 off the price of an adult weekend ticket. We will see you there at the Wild Goose Festival to connect, to build community, and to work for social justice. of Holy Shenanigans podcast. This is Pastor Tara Lamont Eastman, and it is pride season and a celebration that I do in this season to celebrate that love wins in a very small way on my Holy Shenanigans Instagram page to post an image of a June rainbow just to encourage people to understand that pride and love and the diversity of humanity is around us everywhere we go. And sometimes we just need to have eyes to see it and to expand our perspective that love is love and that all people are beloved by God. And so with that little bit of a background on part of how I celebrate Pride Month, I wanted to introduce to you the Reverend Holly Clark Porter. And I'm so happy that you are with us, Holly. Thank you. It is wonderful to be here among these holy shenanigans. So this is Pride Month, and as a colleague in the Presbytery of Western New York, I'm so excited to have you here with us, and I'm also excited to have your perspective on what pride means to you. But before we get into that question, I was wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you love about being you. Yeah, you don't get asked that a lot. What do you love about being you? What I love about being me is that I am a person who just enjoys life. I also enjoy finding the little moments and making them important and meaningful. I am an eight as an Enneagram, if that means anything to you. It gets me into trouble a lot, but I love that about myself. I've always been like that. I've always stood up for the underdog. One thing that my friends say about me is that I'm the friend to the friendless and I do believe in justice and I do stand up for other people and myself all the time. And I also love that I am a 
good thinker. And by that, I mean that I like to think about the world and then I like to put it into a written form and especially in a sermon form. That's really great. If it helps you at all, I'm an Enneagram four with a three wing. That's Casey. (laughs) And Casey is your spouse, correct? Yes, Casey is my spouse. (laughs) So I have a lot of eights and nines in my life. A lot of them. You fours collect us. (laughs) It just happens. And I'm sorry for the folks that don't follow Enneagram stuff, but that is just a way that people present the world, personality types, the way that relationships are built between people. It's a particular area of study, but you can do your own research on that. (laughs) But it is helpful in understanding how to interact with people and to understand that diversity of humanity. It really is. Yes, it's very cool. Could you tell us a little bit or tell us a story about somebody that you love? Yes. Well, of course, then I'm going to talk about my spouse, Casey, especially because it is Pride Month. And this is a month that means a lot to us. A lot of our friends are married in Pride Month. I've done a lot of queer weddings this month. And so it is just a month full of love. And it is impossible to not think of your own beloved. So I'll talk about Casey. Casey is a trans man. And when we met, we were in seminary and he walked into the cafeteria and I said, I'm going to marry that person. Wow. I did. (laughs) I had to do some convincing on his part for a little bit, but it didn't take much longer after that. Casey and I love food. I think that stretches to both of our pastoral experience. Also, Casey is a pastor as well. And I think that there's just nothing better than the idea of communion. And so one of the times that we knew we were in love was when we were trying to figure out where to go out to eat. And we ended up looking at menus just (laughs) for about an hour. And that's how we knew we were meant to be together. Casey and I also have grown a lot together. We have had to go through some rough times coming out in general and then coming out again for him as a trans man and me in a more queer relationship. We've had to deal with the church, which was not fun. We were actually kind of international news when we were ordained. Yeah, if you Google us, you'll find hate mail, but you'll find a lot of amazing things. Huffington Post. Washington Post. We were on NPR, which was like a dream of mine. And I know, right? But some of that time was also so frustrating. It sounded glamorous, but we were really struggling at that time with how to be queer and have both of our jobs be in the church. So I'm very proud of Casey and I and the things that we've accomplished and the stuff that we do together. Thank you so much for sharing that. So that leads right into my third question for you today is, what do you love to do in the world? Eating. We love to eat. We love exploring different regions through their food. We love to get to know people through their food. And we especially love trying new things. We're definitely the people that ate haggis several times in Scotland and loved it. The vegetarian and the full-on who knows what's in there. We've (laughs) done both of those. I also love 
the beauty in the world. I love to camp. I love to hike. I love to be outside. I love my dog and my cat. Pets are amazing and they make your world go round. I love having fun. I'm a fun person. I like fun. I agree. And I know from coming to visit your backyard that you love to even give space to plants that you aren't quite sure what they are yet. Yes. If there's a flower on that plant, it's got a chance with you. It does. If there's a flower, it's got a chance. <laughs> so our text for this coming Sunday is Matthew 9, 9 through 13 and 18 through 26. And it's a very interesting text. A lot of churches in the Presbyterian tradition and other mainline traditions, this is going to be Pride Sunday, a day that we celebrate the diversity of humanity and welcoming that humanity in God's church and the world. It's a really interesting text because it gives three examples of people that Jesus embraces and cares for, beginning with a tax collector and then attending to the daughter of a synagogue leader. And then a woman who has been hemorrhaging for years and years. In all of these examples, Jesus ministers to these folks from different backgrounds and different expressions of humanity. And I think that that's a really important scripture to lean into this pride. Um, It's an expansive story and it challenges pretty much everybody in the reading to say, God loves this person. And God loves this person, and God loves this person. For this passage in the first place, I think it's about discipleship and who can be a person who holds that title. And it's anyone, right? That discipleship is for everyone, and following Jesus is for anyone who wants to. And that to me says so much about pride. I know that there's people that say, well, we shouldn't call it pride in the church. That's wrong because pride is a sin. Well, it's the same thing as saying that you're proud of your son or your daughter or your child. You don't have the kind of pride that the Bible is speaking of as a sin. You've got a genuine love for the way that you feel connected to that person. And that is what pride is to me. My first pride was in seminary, and I thought it was church. I thought it was absolutely church to be at Pride and to be taken in by an entire group of people just because you all shared this kind of sense of ruin. People have hurt you. People have shamed your body. People have said that you weren't good. And we got to come together and say, oh, yeah, not only are we good, we are connected in ways that you will never understand. And that is pride to me. And that is what connects to the Matthew scripture. I think it's about all these ruined bodies that are told that not only are they worthy, they're the ones doing the lesson teaching. Through their bodies, Jesus is able to say what once people thought was no good is actually the point. And That's pride to me. That is exactly what pride is. And when we say queer, when we take over the word queer, which, you know, is of course used to hurt people. Now I can say I'm queer and you can't hurt me with that word because 
That is a word that I associate with. That is who I am. And those are my people. And that's what Jesus is saying. These are my people. There's something that's a part of something. And so back off, bro. You know? (laughs) Yeah. For folks that may be learning a lot about pride, it might be their first Sunday in worship where they're like, oh, Pride Sunday. What is that about? Or where did pride begin? And, And what is, you know, they're just trying to learn. What would you say to them? Pride began at Stonewall, which was kind of a club, a hotel in New York where people would gather who knew that they were queer and they were safe there. It was a place where they could come and just be themselves. If they wanted to wear high heels, if they wanted to wear a skirt, if they wanted to wear a tie, if they wanted to love who they wanted to love, they could come there and do that and be a part of that community. And the police would infiltrate it and then they would arrest people. A woman could be arrested for wearing a tie. A man could be arrested for wearing a skirt. And if that's not dumb enough, it gets worse in that the cops were groping a woman to make sure that she was a woman. And we won't go into much more detail than that. But the people rioted against that pain. They rioted for their sibling, their community. And they said, we won't have it anymore. And so they fought back. It just broke out into a giant riot, a giant fight. All night they fought. All night the police were dragging people down and beating people. And as the morning sun was coming up, there was a drag queen sitting on the stoops of a New York apartment. And she looked over and there was a cop. And the ground was sparkling almost like diamonds, she says, with glass. And the cop held his head and was hanging his head low. And they both just looked at each other. And there was some sort of amazing understanding that they no longer needed to fight each other. And that they were both in this same horrible moment together. And they were sharing humanity. And that is what we do when we come together. You're sharing humanity with the people that you are in church with. And when we have pride on Sunday mornings, it isn't to tick you off. (laughs) It isn't to shove something in your face. It's so that you can say, I am no longer fighting with the people who want to wear ties or skirts or who want to love who they want to love. You're sitting on that stoop together and you're recognizing that we share this humanity together. And it just infuriates me when people say that that doesn't belong in the church. You know, pastor, you can put that on your own Facebook, but not ours. As a disclaimer, my my current church has not said that. It has been told to me in the past. But it does because the church has hurt so many people. and harmed physically even my community and unless we say it unless we show them then we're not making repairs and so anytime a church flies the flag or invites pride sunday you're making an apology and if you don't see the need for that then you're missing the point of jesus touching the woman who was bleeding yeah 
Yeah, thank you so much for that beautiful story. In a way, I could see that as an extension of Matthew 9. I know. It's perfect. It is. Is there any way that you might encourage folks to engage with this pride celebration if they're new to it? One of the things to do is to take it all in and to not make it about you and your hangups. If you have hangups, if you still think that being queer is a sin, do that work on your own. There's plenty of websites that you can find that will help you start looking on your own. I highly suggest a website, Twitter, Instagram called Enfleshed. It's run by two queer think they're both still claim the Methodist church. They started out doing queer liturgies and it is beautiful. And I think just reading through their work, they have, they've reworked like Psalms, for instance. I think just reading queer people's thoughts, reading queer people's work will help you understand on a deeper level. And I would say that it's fun to have fun and that's what you're here to do. You're here to cheer people on. Don't cry. Don't cry. You know, we want your joy for us. We want your apology to be your joy for us. We want your apology to be you showing up with your rainbow stuff on, even if you have no clue what it means. That means a lot to us. Wow. I think that's a great way for folks to begin that journey. Is there anything within the Presbyterian Church, a resource for folks to learn? There are two organizations. One is called Covenant Network, and the other is called More Light Presbyterians. And both are incredible organizations. More Light Presbyterians have done the work of connecting the queer people to each other, especially queer pastors to each other in the PCUSA. More Light is a good place that has... You know, you can find things like vocabulary, which is very important to know and always changing by myself, who I would like to call myself like a queer scholar, but I'm constantly behind. And so when you feel behind, yeah, you are, and that's okay. We'll just keep catching up together. Um, Covenant Network, they've been around for a lot longer. They've been the bridge for the straight church to the queer church. Thank you for those resources. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners around this topic of pride or inclusivity or celebration of humanity? One of the things that I think that the Pharisees and any of the people who Jesus kind of does battle with, one of the things that they don't get is that life doesn't have to be so rigid. And life is more than societal understanding. I think for a lot of folks, if you're listening and you're still not quite sure, put yourself in a place where you understand what it's like to be hated just because. That someone can look at your resume and it is full of accomplishments and straight A's. And they will hate you and do everything in their power to harm you and to not let you in because of one thing that doesn't hurt anyone else. 
think that's what I would say to folks is that simply let go. When I let go, if I could tell this story real quick. Please, please. When I went into seminary, I was presenting as straight and I didn't like hugging people. I didn't like to cry. I didn't like to be emotional. I was pretty buttoned down. My friends called me Karen from Will and Grace, you know, kind of the ice queen. I took pride in that. I loved being ice queen. And then I got to seminary and seminary is actually where I came out because I felt the love of God so fully. And when I came out, all of a sudden I was able to hug people. I was able to cry. I was able to love people more. And it's just so much better when you let go and you don't let yourself be guarded by the things that you think have to be or the things that you've been taught. When you let yourself be and say, oh, okay, that person that goes by they is wearing a really strange outfit and I bet they're amazing. <laughs> you just gotta let go. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite parts of the movie Mary Poppins is when she first arrived and she's placing that giant carpet bag on the table and the kids are all around her and she's taking all these crazy things out of the bag, you know? Oh, yeah. And she says, never judge by appearances, especially carpet bags. <laughs> Which is a very bold statement of justice about folks who had immigrated, right? Because there are a certain population of folks, Irish, Welsh, Scottish, that had been given that term, right? And it was not a positive term. But how Mary Poppins in this story um, redeems that. That is brilliant. If you've ever looked at a carpet bag, they are gorgeous. They are gorgeous. It's like a little bit of pride. I know it is. It's a pride bag. It just is. I love it. This is great revelations. <laughs> Holly, I have a poem I want to share with you. When this podcast started, there was a particular liturgy it followed. You know, there would be a text reading and then a story of the holy shenanigans of the Holy Spirit and usually a poem or a song. And poetry is one of those things that is so sacred for me. And this one came to me and I knew the first two lines of it for a very long time. And I actually have some artwork. It's a piece from Rumi. And the first phrase is, love is the whole thing. We are only the pieces. But I want to share this as a blessing for you, this pride, as well as for everyone who's listening. As we learn new things, as we grow in our spirituality with God, and we learn to be wider thinkers and lovers of people, I think this is particularly helpful. So love is the whole thing. We are only the pieces. Love is the sea of no end. We are a drop of it. God brings forth hundreds of proofs. We can find our way only through them. The sky turns only with love. Without love, even the stars are eclipsed, extinguished. 
With love, hunched back doll becomes Elif. Once Elif loses love, it turns into doll. The word is the fountain of life because it originates from the love of the knowledge of the truth of things. Don't keep love away from your soul so that your good deeds may bear fruit and keep growing. We could probably talk about this poem for a long time. Dal means to be split or divided, and Elif is to be honest and kind. That's an expansive call. Yes. My mind was going all sorts of places. Thank you. That was beautiful. You and Romy. Thank you so much, Holly, for joining us for Holy Shenanigans podcast. Thank you so much for doing this for your work, for your laughter, for your joy, and for your pride for being this called people. Indeed. So, Holy Shenanigators, as you listen to this, you are invited to lean into love and have eyes and heart open this whole month of June. We pray for you to be well, to feel peace, and know that God is with us as we learn and grow each and every day. Thank you all for being here. Thank you again, Holly, for being here with us. And we'll see you next time in the Holy Shenanigans neighborhood where it's always sacred and never stuffy. Brilliant. Brilliant.